So hi everybody, Mike Hancock here and welcome to our session today, which is going to be on exquisite customer service. And, you know, this is often a part of, uh, you know, what we do as entrepreneurs that we sort of put to the back burner because we're so focused on marketing and sales. And it used to be a question actually that I uh, used to start a number of larger scale events with. I'd ask the audience, um, who here feels that getting uh, new customers is going to make you more money than working with existing customers? And I'd say hands up for new customers, a few hands up would go up and I'd say hands up for existing customers and most of the room would go up. Well, strangely enough, Harvard University basically said that 73% more chance of more business from new customers and they were 73% more effective overall. So that was really interesting because most of us have been taught the exact opposite. So, but it doesn't mean that we should ignore customer service. In fact, what we should do is we should make sure that we are maximizing our opportunities to serve, not only because that's what we're here to do, but also because it does lead on to some other fantastic things, although they may not be as measurable. So let's jump straight into this. What I want to do firstly is talk about the whole process of basically customer service. For many people there, you don't have to lean forward, Bruce, I'll explain this to you, don't worry. For many, so, you know, oh, you need stronger glasses. For many people here, um, you know, essentially having this customer service and having this garden of people that you basically want to really grow, if you think of it more as a garden rather than going out and trying to just grow a tomato or catch a butterfly or do something, you've got to grow a garden because the garden then actually starts taking over itself. If you look at flowers in a garden, you know, we're considering not just putting in one rose here, we're considering if you put in a rose bush, then that rose bush is going to then, you know, as the bees come along, it's going to propagate and then it's going to have more and more flowers. But then you have to water that garden and you have to weed that garden. So if you think of your customer base, most of you on this call, I would think, and you are guys here, uh, you know, because you're associated with us, you hear this quite a bit, most of you probably haven't weeded your garden for a while. So what does that mean? So I'll give you an example from my point of view, and I really had to dig deep to do this, but around about five years ago, um, we literally erased 15,000 people off our list. We literally went to our list and said, okay, who has not interacted with us on our list in the last two years? And we looked and we said, we're paying for you guys. You're dead weight. We're weeding you. Bye-bye. So the last email I sent then was basically, hey, we're upgrading um, our email management system. Please keep, click here if you would like to stay on the list. And then we looked at after that one, anybody who hadn't actually communicated back or clicked on anything or opened an email in two years went bye-bye, got weeded. So you've got clients that you shouldn't be working with that need to be weeded right now as well. And, you know, don't be scared to fire clients. And if you do weed out the ones that are taking your time, taking all your energy and probably not making you much money, then definitely it's going to be much better for you. Make sure that you have a sweet selection. And so could you imagine, and welcome uh, to Paula and to Sarah, and could you imagine, uh, hi Paula, 
could you imagine if you have uh, a garden full of you know clients that aren't really that cool and then you want to throw a function or you want to bring them together on a zoom call or something like i'm doing here and essentially you one client's looking at the other one and going how did they get here boy their standards are low oh i know them they're a pain now i have to say quite honestly because i've got bruce on the call um bruce was in an event that we ran last year where um out of that event, we uh, offered Circle of Excellence. If anybody wants to talk to me about Circle of Excellence and how it works, come and talk to me later on. And uh, basically, I think everybody who was new to the event came and talked to, to me. Now, one of the people that was in the event, Bruce said to me, Mike, I know that person and you don't want them as Circle of Excellence. I didn't need any more than that. I had a call with them sent them on their way, gave them as much advice as I could and never ever gave them the opportunity to even ask. So thanks for that, Bruce. But I really think that this is what this is about. If you've got a sweet selection of clients, your clients can really decide who should be your next clients and who shouldn't be. And if your clients are, are great people and you love working with them, then allow that to happen. And then make it irresistible for people to stay with you. I remember years and years ago, you know, and insurance is a, um, you know, it's a product you can buy anywhere. It's not the sexiest product in the world, that's for sure. And I used to be, you know, general manager sales and marketing of an insurance company, financial services company. But my own insurance wasn't with my own company. It was with the company I'd worked with before that. And um, every year when I got the renewal, every year I was thinking, oh, the renewal's going to come up. I really should move this to my own company. I really shouldn't do this. I shouldn't keep it with another company. How, how can I be like at that stage a national sales manager with one company, but all my actual products are with another company? But every time they sent me a renewal notice, this is what their renewal notice said. Hi, Mike, thanks for doing another year with us. We've now upgraded your policy. And I looked at what the upgrades were on the policy and I thought, I can't move. I'm not going to get this anywhere else because it just kept getting sweeter every year. Like they'd give me something like 100,000 extra cover for no cost, or they wouldn't charge me for the CPI index upgrade, or they'd add another benefit on that I, you know, I wouldn't have got somewhere else. They did this for about five or six years before they were sold to another company and then that stopped and guess what i moved my insurance at that point then so realistically if you can just sweeten the pot every time you're looking at a renewal that would be a really really great thing to do and you heard reiner on the call last week for those of you that were on a call say he sent one of his clients who was coming up for renewal um a, his copy of his coffee table book and the minute he sort of did that because he didn't think they were going to renew when he got on the call with them they're like hey rhino we're looking forward to working with you in the next year so it actually worked just sending a coffee table book to them so i think that's and i think from memory it was about an 80 or ninety thousand dollar or euro consultancy gig so make sure that you sweeten things and that you've got things that you can update people with etc cetera, etc cetera, all of the time it's one of the reasons when people join our circle of excellence that we don't tell them that we do, you know, other styles of events. We don't tell them about these webinars, but we literally just go and do these webinars and do other events as well. 
Now, we're sorry because of COVID, we haven't been able to travel to New Zealand and Australia to do them as much or other places around the world as well, but that will change in time. Let's move on. I wanted to talk about um, where service starts and service really starts at the initial sales interview. This is when you go ahead and the person says, okay, yeah, I wanna do this and you say, great. Well, I'll get your credit card or I'll do the form and you can sign here, here and here, et cetera, et cetera. But I really wanna tell you what's gonna come next. And this is where you set your expectations with them. So what we do, if you're a Circle of Excellence member on this call, what we do is we say, okay, next, first, you're gonna have a call with Lundy. It's gonna be an onboarding call. This is what she's gonna say. This is what she's gonna do on the call. Then you're gonna come across to me and we do this. And then we've got Diane and she does that. So we go on and we explain how things are working. This is when the next event is, all of those type of things. So by telling them what's happening next, what the expectations are, you know, we tell people, we don't work Fridays, so don't send us a WhatsApp on Fridays. Mike doesn't check his WhatsApps Friday, Saturday or Sunday. It's very rare. If I see a WhatsApp, it's because I'm reading and it comes through as a notification. It's the only time I see a WhatsApp because the only time I pick up my phone between Fridays and Mondays is to read. So tell them that sort of thing. Give them expectations. Put the expectation there for referrals. This is where you should drop it in, in the first sales meeting by saying something along the lines of, hey, well, we're going to do this, how the paperwork gets processed, then our first rollout's going to be this. And around about a month after we get going, I'm gonna come back to you and I'm gonna actually ask you for some referrals. Why? Because it stops me having to spend all my time marketing and I know that you'll know the exact people that I want to. Do you have a problem with that? And they'll say no, okay? And so therefore the scene is set and if they say yes, Say why, and then they'll tell you, and it might be something simple like they want to work with you for three months before they give a referral, or it might be that they just don't do that, and then you honour that as well. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the onboarding procedure. So service starts right at that sales interview. But then I think where a lot of us go wrong is we think once the sale's made, the sale's made. It's not true. Sales never made at that point of time. Even though people have signed up, paid, you know, you've got their credit card, you've processed it, sales not made. There is like a 48 hour buyer's remorse period. And the bigger your sale, you know, if you sell a house, it's even bigger still. Um, you know, I think we had 72 hours in the, um, in the financial services field where you could cancel and get all of your money back. And a lot of people would actually invoke that. They'd have second thoughts. So I know all of you have experienced this with your own clients. So it's really important that instead of letting it get to that, you have to realize why it gets to that. And it all comes down to psychology. I remember uh, if I had a certain person on this call who's not on this call, um, during the time that uh, I was pitching him for Circle of Excellence several years ago, he said to me, this is great, Mike, I'll have to run it by my wife. I literally said to him, that's not gonna work for me at all. I literally said that to him on the call. He was like, sorry, what? I said, give me three points right now that you can tell your wife that are the three major points. And he stumbled. Of course he would, because it's a lot of information, just like everything you sell is a lot of information. Sarah's on the call. She's selling becoming a writer, okay? We've got Elmo on the call. He's selling how to become an expert in your digital marketing. So we've got Paula on the call. She's making sure that 
you know, we're growing people's self-respect in the business. It's okay, Sarah, I didn't need you to put on your camera, but thanks, thanks for doing it anyway. It's lovely to see you. So, but more importantly, those people, if they have to go and explain it to somebody else, their wife, their husband, their cat, their dog, their mum, their dad, their business partner, a board of directors, their CEO, they're going to struggle to explain what you do. So quite likely there's going to be a seed of doubt planted if that conversation happens. And that seed of doubt is going to lead to them going, I've changed my mind. And then you're going to think why. And if you're not experienced, you're not going to understand. Here's why people have buyer's remorse. They have buyer's remorse only for one reason. And that one reason is they're confused. And it doesn't matter how good a salesperson you are. I mean, I've written books on selling and I've managed sales teams for goodness knows how long. And all of you are here because, you know, basically I sold you something. So, you know, I'm a pretty good salesperson, but I realize that by doing that, you confuse a lot of people. So I can't expect anybody, if I'm pitching a circle of excellence, to get off a call, go and speak to their husband or wife and actually explain it articulately and give it the same oomph that I gave on the call. So they, it's quite likely there's going to be a buyer's remorse. And if you're selling any sort of coaching, consultancy product or anything like that, buying a new car, there's buyer's remorse for different reasons. Should I spend the money? Real estate, should I have spent the money? Anything like that is the should I have spent the money thing. So 48 hours is the key time, not 24. Let them sit a day. So if today is Tuesday and it's now in the morning, if your sales meeting was on Tuesday morning, I would probably let this sit until about tomorrow evening. I wouldn't let it go to, to, the, to the Thursday. But if it was late on Tuesday, I'd do it Thursday morning. And then I'd literally pick up the phone and I'd check in. Hey, Elmo, how are you? Just checking in, making sure everything's okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, reassure them. It's really great that you've made this decision, et cetera, et cetera. Play an ace. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you that we also do this. And I think you're going to find this really exciting. That's playing an ace. Novelty or excitement. Hey, listen, we've also got uh, this club or this online thing that I haven't really shared too much about with you. It's really interesting. I think you're going to really find it good. Or I'd really like you to contribute to our ecosystem in some way yourself and I can see what you do could be of benefit to people. And future pace. So what that means is literally say, you know, I am so excited because I can just imagine 12 months from now where you're going to sit and what's going to happen 12 months from now. Now, those of you who go through this, have gone through Circle of Excellence, will go, well, Mike and Landy don't actually do that call. Well, we do. It's called our onboarding call. And we try and organize it within the next week from that and we understand that it gives people breathing spot and during the sales process I know if we need to bring somebody else in so I stop the sales process and bring somebody else in the other thing is that we also then get people involved in our online systems they get various emails from us within 48 hours so that's our touch points but for most of you selling what you're selling a simple phone call within the 48 hours after they buy is going to create exquisite customer service because it's going to lock them into actually what they bought from you. It's going to allow you to play an ace, uh, a card. You know, I've got a card here. Oh, look, a Megalodon card. Where is it? There it is. So a Megalodon card, you know, 
I'm going to play my Megalodon card for you and, and give you some novelty and something new. So I think if you just take on board that, it's really going to help you. Okay, let's move on. So then the next two weeks to a month is around about the right time for the next touch point. And this is what I call the referral stack. So this is when you've been working with somebody for, and it'll depend on what industry you're in and what you've sold, et cetera, et cetera. And for most people in coaching, consulting, service-based industries, which is most of the people on this call, then essentially two weeks to a month, a month being the outside is when you check back in. Again, it's a check-in call, um, book it through Zoom or on the phone or however you like to do it. And then you start that by going, so, Marcel, it's great for us to be talking. Gee, I remember back to when we had our first meeting and you said you wanted to do this and now we're into that and now this is happening and boom, boom, boom. So what you're doing is you're actually reselling those big points. So people forget. I mean, we think that people know what it is that they've bought, but I can ask every one of you on here. I can ask Melanie, I can ask Paul, I could ask Philippe what's the circle of excellence? And I probably get about five or six different answers on this call. And you guys are people that I interact with very, very closely. So, um, so don't expect that somebody who may not have had a touch point with you personally for a month really understands what it is they bought. So go back and do that resell. And then position referrals. So basically you would say something along the lines of, remember when we first spoke and... Uh, you know, at that stage, I said to you, around about a month in, I'm going to ask for referrals. Now, I want to tell you firstly why. So you don't let them say anything. You just move on. I want to firstly tell you why I want to ask for referrals and why now the time is right for both you and, and us. Is that firstly, most business people spend a tremendous amount of time, about 40% of their time marketing, and it costs around about 40% of their profit to do that. And that just means there's less time for me to have these type of discussions with you and, and find out how you're doing and things like that. I simply can't give the service. And that's what I'm committed to if I have to spend all my time marketing. And if I have to go and hire somebody to do it, well, then that's going to cost money, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the reason I'm asking you. Secondly is you're the exact type of client that I love. And I know you're going to love and work with other types of people and you're going to want other people in our infrastructure who are just like you. So here's exactly who I want. And then you tell them the three, at least three, maximum five points of your avatar. You know, they could be things like, here's a demographic. They could be a 40-year-old plus woman. Okay, there's a demographic. They could have a business that's in the service industry. They could be uh, more conscious or wondering what the world's coming to. That's more of a psychographic, okay? They could be wanting to do something bigger with their life. That's a psychographic. You choose. And when I say that, without judging whether they could use my service or not, who comes to mind? And if people are stuck, literally say this. Say, why don't you just grab this little guy here, the phone, and just flick it open. Go to your contacts list. And I'll just repeat those things and let's see if any names trigger. And every single time you'll get four or five good referrals from that. And then you want to suggest to them and tell them, I'm going to send you an email where I'm going to get you to introduce both of us. If you want to change some words in the email, do so. Let me read it to you now. Make sure you're okay with it. And then you'll read them your standard approach that you like. And we've got standard approaches in our referral kit in the octopus as well. Um, so you can go there and have a look at that. 
Okay, so that's two weeks to a month out. Now let's have a look at 90 days and what I call a 90 day renewal cycle. And of course, you're gonna vary this for your customers in your business because you're unique. So you might decide 45 days, you might decide 120 days. The most important thing is to have trigger points in your system where you're going, oh, what's happened to Diane Borman? Gee, I haven't spoken to her for a while. Um, not true, because I spoke to Diane yesterday, but you want to have those, those keys in your system to actually, so that you know when the last time was you spoke to somebody, had a WhatsApp to them, um, sent them an email and they replied a touch point. So create a plan. We used to have a plan. We do it much more intuitively now. Um, we do have a plan within Circle of Excellence. We have 12 touch points in the first 12 months that we drive off that plan. Um, only two of them are mics. So um, that's why you don't get too many touch points from me, but you do get the occasional WhatsApp message from me. I sent four this morning to Circle of Excellence. Hey, how's it going? What's been happening? Just give me an update, et cetera, et cetera. Some of you on this call, I think have had those, um, you know, different touch points and things like that, but have a plan. So at the very least have a plan where you're gonna have a touch point every 90 days, so four times a year. Then what are you gonna do on that touch point? Well, you wanna to talk to them about what's new. So something's changed for you. Maybe you've got a new product. Maybe you've got a new staff member. Maybe you're working in a new market. Maybe you're doing something really better. Maybe you've changed something in the system that you're working with on. So that's a great thing to talk about. Make sure you get a referral. Make sure that you uplift them. So you don't want them leaving the call, uh, your great 90 day renewal call with them feeling more stink than when you uh, got on the call, that wouldn't be good. And then make sure you motivate them. And then maybe there's something that you can also share with them as well. So it could be news, it could be something from around the world. And the third time you do this, so at the end of three months, six months, nine months, the third time will tell all. And it's like birthing a baby because now you've had this baby for nine months brewing away and this baby's your new client. And now literally you're going to birth what actually becomes the true relationship with them. And you'll know that around about nine months. Before that, you'll just have an inkling. Some of them will develop into true relationships the three to six months. But by nine months, you'll know, are they moody? Um, are they always the same? Do they actually do what I asked them to do? How intrusive on my time are they? All of those sort of things you'll know from your clients. And that's going to really help you then plan for your next cycle of actually customer service from there. So then month 12 is generally some type of renewal. So a year's gone by, maybe it's been a year's coaching program, a year's consulting program, that type of thing. Um, that's gone by. So here we are in month 12. So Month 12 should start like a check-in call. So, but you do it a bit more formally. So you get on there and you type in, hey, you know, it's been 12 months since we've been working together. Congratulations on our anniversary. It happens on the 14th of June or whatever the date is. And I wanna set up a 12 month anniversary meeting with you. It'd be lovely if you could do this face-to-face -face if you can't stick with doing it in, in a Zoom online type of call. And on that call, you're going to make sure that you give them some benefit, some upgrade or some novelty from this. 
So you want them to go, wow, that's cool. You want them to go, gee, I didn't know that. So whatever it is that you could do. So for instance, if we were doing this in the last 12 months, we might have been telling you about um, the certifications we've got um, on the Octopus program that's now live. We might be telling you um, different things. You know, one of the things I like to tell people at the moment, because it's a true statement is, Harvard University in Asia are looking to white label worldwide business intelligence and have it as their entrepreneur program. Whether it happens or not, who knows? I'm sure it'll take two years for them to make a decision, but they're very excited about it at this stage. So definitely if I was having a call with somebody and doing this 12 month renewal thing now, then um, I'd be talking about that. You wanna make sure that again, that you encourage and motivate people. You know. At 12 months, some people will have gotten used to you. So if you want the relationship to last to past 12 months, you've got to introduce a new flavor. You know, you've got to introduce a new menu in many respects. You've got to introduce an upgrade, a new way of dealing with them. And then, you know, you can close the call and get some action on the call. This is one of the things where I think it's been great to, um, to have new products and services. And I know I've got Paul on the call there for his 12 months. We literally contacted him because we had a platinum mastermind coming up and, and gave him a, a killer deal to come to France where we all had a ball for five days at, at our 18th century castle in France. So that was part of that sort of um, 12 month scenario with, with him. But so have something. It's a good place to either upsell if you've got something bigger or to downsell if you've got something else or to sideways sell. Um, before we sold Soul Journeys, that was very definitely something that we'd introduce people to around about the 12 month mark and say, why don't you come on an ex-Soul Journey with us, come to Mongolia, Scotland or wherever we were going. So with that, I just want to finish off by this. Oops, wrong side. I'm going to come over here. So I want to finish off with um, methodologies that you can use. So I want you to look at customer service in ways of really a bonding methodology. That would be the first one. Your customers can become business partners, employees, affiliates, advocates, champions, strategic partners, and alliances. And I want you to think about what's essential. You owe them something, meaning that you owe them for basically being your customer for the last 12 months. You owe them for paying the money and you owe them for turning up and doing what you ask them to do. So therefore, there's some essential things that you should give in customer service. And then, of course, there's also a method in customer service called the preview method. And this is a fantastic method. It's honestly a wonderful method. I first used it when I was 21. And basically, when I got a new job selling financial services, I went to all of my friends and said, hey, I've got a new job selling financial services. Can you tell me what you think of my sales pitch? Be my test dummy. Five of them bought out of about seven or eight of them that I pitched to. So that's the preview method. So you can get a group of your customers together for a focus group. And then on that focus group, you can literally say to them, hey, um, you know, this is our new product we're thinking of rolling out. This is who it's uh, tuned to. This is, and you'll be surprised about how many people actually say to you, 
oh, can I get involved? Do you think that would be appropriate for me? Oh, I'd like to upgrade to that, et cetera, et cetera. So you can use the shocking method, which is essentially, this is new, we've changed everything. You're now gonna get this, we're turning everything on its head. That's really good to do, by the way. Um, you know, we did that with Soul Journeys in our last Soul Journey. We literally said, we're closing the company down. The company's going up for sale. This is the last Soul Journey we'll ever lead. So we sold it out in literally under a month. So you can do those. That's the shocking method. The preview method is, hey, I've got this new thing. Let's get some feedback from you guys. And uh, then, of course, then you can also use the essential method, which you probably need to use to make sure that you are giving absolutely the best customer service that you can. So with that, I'm gonna to go to uh, off the, the, the screen share now, and I'm gonna to go to any questions or any comments or anything like that. I fired a client in 2020, Philippe, best decision ever. Would you like to share a little bit, Philippe, about um, how you came to the decision to fire that client and then basically why it was the best decision ever? Um, well, I, I, I won't put all the details because, you know, this is recorded and everything, but uh, in, uh, in principle, um, so I work with entrepreneurs on very early stage ideas and um, the client, um, the, pretty much the, the, in partnership, the client has some duties. Uh, he has to do a number of things. And in this case, uh, not only he didn't do anything, but um, he failed in doing a couple of things and didn't communicate anything with me. And when I discovered that, I got, I got really upset. And his reaction was um, not to do anything and just to um, kind of dodge the bullet and not take responsibility and everything. So my conclusion is like, oh, do I want to work and be in partnership with someone like that? Or do I want to cut ties like right here, right now? And, um, and I did that because... Um, I thought that that would not be a very good um, premise for what, what, what was supposed to come. And there are always hard time in, in business. So I thought that was not a very good um, sign. Exactly, Philippe. And I think uh, that's, that's a great example. And what has that taught you about choosing people in the, in the future? Well, it's um, after that that I refined my avatar um, so it came with uh, a serial entrepreneur, but also um, I was, um, I didn't speak about the values before, and now I'm trying to put that more out there so that it does the, you know, the discernment out there just with me not doing much. So I, I talk about the number of the, the values I carry, and if people don't agree, they don't contact me anymore, which is good. Right. Okay. Anybody else got any questions? Let's have a look. Feel free to unmute your microphones. I think, Mike, one thing that we've learned most certainly is to how to select and choose our clients. So, you know, before I think I think a, a lot of the things is, you know, we'll take anybody who puts their hand up. And now we're saying, well, if you put your hand up, we'll select the ones that we want. And that has changed dramatically our client referrals, our client loyalty, and the, and the longevity that we get out of clients. 
Um, so we're getting fewer clients, but they're staying around for longer and they're getting more referrals. And I think that it's, it's almost that kind of oxymoron is that, you know, the, the least amount of clients you, you, you have, the more money you're going to earn. But it's that selectiveness and going through that initial onboarding process where you say like, nah, you know, refer you know, I, I refer a lot of people I don't want. Go, go see Diane. <laughs> oh, <how laughs> and it, works, it works really well for us. <laughs> exactly. And not for Diane, although she is laughing. So, um, okay, let me ask. Uh, let, thanks for that, Bruce. I think it's perfect. Let me ask anybody if they have a specific customer service regime that really they feel is exceptional and what are they doing? And keeping in mind that, um, whilst I've given you a lot of frameworks in this particular call here, that um, I really do think customer service is very individual to the customer in the service industry. It's not like you can use a one size fits all. So does anybody have anything that they would like to share? I can, Mark. Um, yeah, thanks. We, we added, um, so my clients go through a nine month program with me. And this year we added the alumni. So once they finish, then what do you do with them? Because you try, you work so hard with them and then they, they go and you've got to start all over. So we've added the alumni where they pay a much lesser amount, but they're still in your ecosystem and they're still growing and they're still doing so. And that's really nice. And that was actually thanks to one of Bruce's uh, masterclasses. So it's quite nice to, to find out what else, what, what the new fashion is almost in business. Um, which is awesome. And pricing, and we speak about that so many times, or you tell us to increase our prices and we're really nervous to do it. And um, and you do it and you go, oh, that wasn't so bad. But that's exactly. when you really know who your, who your clients are, I think becomes really important. Exactly. And I think, uh, you know, with pricing, so, so many people really, you know, put pricing down because they think uh, nobody's going to pay that, et cetera, et cetera. But, you, you know, you'll find people are charging five times what you're charging for the same service and probably not giving it as well. Any final comments or anything else anybody would like to share? Mike, I, so, so because I often have quite short, intense interactions with authors, let's say they come on a retreat with me, what I found is really effective is I preload a you know an automation or whatever it may be that every three months then in six months then in nine months then in then two years they get a, a touch base that has been preloaded so everyone coming off a retreat will get that follow-up which feels very personal but it, I, I can't it. obviously keep track of everybody and then in terms of my I suppose what I, I don't know if this is customer service but authors who've worked with me, what I do offer them is like jobs as beta readers. So they will read other people's books for a fee and give them feedback um, or being a mentor on a book as well. So they've written a few books themselves. They can start to mentor other writers. So that keeps them in the system, I suppose, in the group, in the community. Fantastic. No, I love that. It's, it's really good. And, and this is a very good point. I don't think anybody should underestimate um, how much people within your ecosystem want to be mentors for other people within your ecosystem. So I know, for instance, in Circle of Excellence in Cape Town, um, you know, we have a great group, Bruce, that you're part of with, uh, with some other people there that, you know, you meet regularly, you work through some issues together, you're, you're each other's mentors in many respects. So I think that works very, very well. Any other final things that anybody would like to share? Lucky last. 
Well, folks, I want to thank you for being on, on the call today. Um, go and have a look at the recording. Make sure you've got the screenshots there of the different things to do as well. And I think that that's going to really help you plan in future because, you know, what happens is that we get so busy and we've got so many customers, all of us, that we start to forget about some of them that actually, and then we touch base with them, we go, oh my goodness, they could have helped us do this. You know, I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday, in fact, um, whose son manages all of the stand-up comedians in America, all of them. He's the manager for the top 10, at least. So, um, and I thought to myself, wow, we've got South Africa's number one stand-up comedian as a Circle of Excellence member. I have to remember that because I have to introduce um, that person. So by not having those touch points regularly with people, you don't learn these things that can then help other people as well. So make sure you do that. It's been a pleasure seeing you all on the call uh, this week. And uh, next week we have a guest. So uh, Nicola, thanks for hosting this week and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.